of Oakland, California, epic recording artist, Tower of Power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, hit it. Give it more. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Path to Pro Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Hoda. On today's show, we'll be joined by the head of the LA Galaxy Academy and current Galaxy 2 head coach, Mike Munoz. So let's get right into it. Joining me on the phone is Mike Munoz. Mike, thanks for taking the time today. How are you? Uh, Tommy, doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Can you start by taking us back to your beginnings in the game of soccer? What are some of your earliest memories around the game? How did you get your start? Yeah, uh, you know, my my earliest memory, uh, I was three years old, actually, and uh, vividly, vividly remember uh, sitting, in, sitting on the floor with my dad uh, back up against the couch watching the 86 World Cup. Uh, and I can't remember which game was on, but I remember just telling my dad, you know, I want to, I want to do that one day. I want to be a professional soccer player. And, uh, ever since then, it just, it just really clicked and it, it's all I ever wanted to do in life. Amazing. Um, at what point in your soccer development did you realize that possibly that even college soccer was on the table since, since you were dreaming of playing pro, how early was that on the table? Yeah. I mean, you know, my dad, uh, was my coach the majority of my youth, maybe up till I was about 12 or 13 years old. Uh, born and raised in Mexico, you know, no, no formal education, no formal background in terms of soccer or anything like that. Just more about growing up and playing on the streets with his buddies. And, um, you know, he was able to instill, uh, uh, a work ethic, a drive, a passion, a love for the game. Um, and it's just something that just, I gravitated towards and, and I just, I was hungry and I just wanted it. And, uh, you know, I, I took the normal, the normal route, uh, back in those days, you know, AYSO, uh, I grew up in Southern California, uh, played high school soccer at, at Los Alamitos high school here, um, club soccer, uh, for the Irvine strikers. Um, so I, I took that route and, and, uh, you know, was fortunate enough to be able to get a, a scholarship to, uh, to UC Berkeley. Yeah. So on that, you ended up playing with coach Grimes in Berkeley. What led to that decision? What made you want to come to Berkeley and play for him? Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get away, um, go experience, uh, life a little bit on my own. And, um, you know, I had offers to go to UCLA and, and the other local schools in SoCal, but, uh, you know, really when I, when I went to go visit Cal and, and Berkeley and San Francisco and the city, and I just fell in love with the Bay area. I fell in love with, uh, the culture, the weather, um, the beauty, uh, the fresh air. Um, so for me, it's, you know, as soon as I went on that visit, I, I knew this is where I wanted to be. Uh, it was an ambitious project, uh, by coach Grimes. Uh, it was, we were his first recruiting class, you know, when he took over at Cal, uh, we had nine, nine incoming freshmen, uh, that all started that first year. So it was really about building a, a project that, that had been off the map for a long time. And, uh, it was exciting and, and, and we were able to do some special things and get Cal back on the map. Yeah. So what was your overall experience like, I guess, helping Cal become a regular in the NCAA tournament? Because you were the beginning of that process for Coach Grimes, and now they're almost in the tournament every year. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Coach Grimes, he was young, he was ambitious. Uh, we had a young, uh, you know, talented, talented group. Uh, you know, a ton of those guys, you know, have have played in the league, MLS, USL, have gone into good professional careers. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was exciting. It was exciting. You know, those were the times too when UCLA was a powerhouse, Stanford was a powerhouse. Uh, so we were going up against the best on the West Coast, and um, yeah, it was it was good times for uh, for um, you know the Pac-10 soccer. Following your college career, you made the the jump straight to MLS with Chivas USA as an expansion club. You said you always knew you wanted to be a professional soccer player, but what was that moment like for you, knowing that you've actually gotten to that point? Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where my career started to uh, really really become difficult uh, for me, eye opening. Uh, and, and, and the reality that, uh, where maybe I was dominant in my youth career and, and successful in college, uh, now it was a jump to the big boys. Um, and, and it didn't start well, to be honest. Uh, my senior year at Cal, I was hurt the majority of the year. Uh, I played maybe four or five games max uh, because I had a knee injury. And I was very fortunate because I had played for uh, Coach Thomas Rongan at the U-20s with the U-20 national team uh, for a few camps. And Thomas was named the head coach of, uh, of Chivas that first year, that, that the, the inaugural year. And, you know, I didn't go to any combines. I wasn't in any MLS combines because of my injury, uh, but he took a chance on me and he, and he drafted me. And, uh, you know, I, I put about two months of work in the gym without even seeing the field in preseason. And just wanted to show him that, hey, you know, give me a chance, you know, give me a contract. I promise I won't let you down. And uh, to his credit, he offered me a deal. And, and, and uh, you know, I really owe the beginnings of my career professionally to Thomas. Um, unfortunately, it was short-lived because, you know, he got sacked maybe three or four months later. And uh, it was just a, a really, really big wake-up call to my professional career, like, uh, man, this is, uh, this, this isn't going to be easy. <laughs> so what was that whole experience? Like, I guess, knowing that you're joining this expansion side and becoming a professional, but you're not maybe getting the playing time as much as you would have liked, did it help shape your drive and work ethic? Yeah. So that, that's kind of where my, my, my playing and coaching career, uh, you know, really started. Uh, it was a reality check because kind of, I kind of became a, uh, a reserve team regular, you know, they had the reserve league back then, uh, you know, you're making minimum wage, you know, you're scrapping and you're fighting every day to get into the team. All of a sudden you're not as good as maybe, maybe you thought you were. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was huge, you know? And, and then, you know, when Thomas got sacked and then they brought in another coach, Hans Westerhoff, and then he got sacked at the end of that year. And then Bob Bradley took over, uh, I mean, it was it was tough. You know, the organization was 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 learning and going through growing pains. Uh, you know, and of course they're competing with the Galaxy next door. And um, you know, it was really eye opening for me of of the of the challenges of the game, and especially being kind of at the bottom of the of the player pool as well. So, so I guess after not seeing the field maybe as much as you would have liked, you got the opportunity to, to come play in the USL up here back in the Bay Area, Kizar with the California Victory, the old USL. How different was that experience for you? Now you're kind of playing more, leading a team, but it's a different type of club. The stability isn't the same as a Major League Soccer club. What was that whole year experience like in San Francisco? 
Yeah, you know, if I can just go back really quick, you know, I just want to touch on a conversation that I had with with Bob Bradley, uh, you know, when, when when he released me, and I'll never forget it because you know he had you know given me good advice, you know, hey, maybe listen, you know, you take a step back from MLS, you go play maybe second division football, you find your niche, you get a bunch of games under your belt playing against grown men, et cetera. Uh, so that was, that was huge. That was important. And, and, and I, and I, uh, and, uh, it, it really was a, it was a good conversation. And, and he actually, we probably talked for about an hour, uh, about, about coaching as well. And so that kind of also ticked the box, uh, in my head, but yeah, you know, going to the, to the victory, um, I was excited because once again, it was a, a first year team. It was an opportunity to, to create something from the ground up. Uh, moving back to the Bay Area, living in San Francisco, um, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, un- <laughs> unfortunately, it was almost uh, a Chivas 2.0 in the sense that uh, it was poorly managed. Uh, ownership was having its own issues. I believe he owned a second second division team in Spain that was going through financial you know times, and uh, so the money was short. You know, the money was short in terms of investment into the club. And, you know, we were, we were training out of, uh, out of USF. Uh, I remember one morning, you know, we, we showed up and, and the gates were locked because, you know, we hadn't paid our rent, uh, to the college. So we're jumping over fences just to practice. Uh, we don't have locker rooms, so we're changing on the field. Uh, it, it was a proper, <laughs> proper second division, uh, uh, playing experience, you know. And, uh, it wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't easy, but it was one of those things where the players were able to kind of, all right, Hey guys, you know, if we're going to do this, it's going to come from us. No one else is going to help us type thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the club folded after one season, but, um, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a season that left its mark on me on, on how things should be run, how things should be organized. And, uh, uh yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget it. I guess that led led you to get back into Major League Soccer with the Galaxy the following season. How valuable, I guess, regardless of all the things that were happening off the field with the victory, how valuable was that experience for you? Yeah, you know, it it, it showed me the uh, you know how once again how tough how tough it is you know to make it and, and really having to put yourself in in the right situations and having a bit of luck having having you know a, a coach or a coaching staff that believes in you um you know i was i was able to get a, a, a ton of games with the victory uh you know captain the team uh you know there was definitely some positive moments you know in in those tough stretches um but at the same time it also made me question you know you know what am i doing with my life do do i really want to go through this the second division grind and, and go on tryouts and, and pay money out of my own, you know, out of my own wages to, to, to travel and try out. And, you know, it, it was, it was tough. It was, it was extremely tough. And, you know, after the victory folded, I, I decided to move back to LA. Um, I was playing for some amateur teams. I was playing for Hollywood United, uh, making some open cup runs with those guys. And, uh, finally got the opportunity to, uh, you know, play in front of the Galaxy staff. And I believe Paul Bravo was still the, the GM at the time. And I think I was his last signing as GM before he moved on. And it was when Rude Goulet, uh, was the head coach. And yeah, you know, those, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess those, uh, 
you know, it, it was also tough times during the gal for the galaxy as well. So, um, it was right before Bruce, you know, Bruce Arena came in and, uh, the galaxy, you know, was going through a tough stretch. And, you know, once again, I'm on the, I'm on the outside looking in and the reserves just clawing and fighting to, to get minutes. And, um, so I, I guess you could say that my playing career really at the professional level was extremely difficult, which accelerated and drove me even more to get into the, uh, into the coaching part of the game after that. Yeah, so I guess following all your playing career, you quickly got into coaching, I guess, with the RSL Academy and other places. How did you get your start in coaching? Is it something that you were planning for the whole time while you were a player? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I knew I wasn't, you know, a big-time player. Uh, you know, I was making, you know, very little money, and, and, and but I wanted to stay in the game, and, and I wanted to coach, and, and I knew that from the start. So, I actually, uh, when I when I was playing for Chivas, I started getting my coaching licenses, you know, through, through U.S. soccer and, uh, you know, got the C, got the D, got the A. So whenever I was done playing, I would be ready to jump into to wherever I was at. Uh, when I was at the victory, you know, I was able to do some volunteer assistant work with USF under Coach Visser. I was able to do some volunteer assistant work with, with Coach Grimes at Cal, coaching club soccer on the, on the side, trying to make, make a little bit more money. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the grind that I was doing off the side. And, and when I came back to the galaxy, I had, I had one altering moment, um, where, you know, I was playing a reserve league match, uh, at FC Dallas away and we were down two zero and Kobe Jones was our, was our, uh, he was our, he was our coach. He was the assistant coach for, for Ruth Gould at the time. And so he was our reserve league coach. And I remember at half we were getting smashed and, and uh, Greg Vanny, you know, who was who was part of the first team at the time, he he came over he came over to us and gave us a couple pointers on just what he saw and and, and how he could fix it. And it and it really clicked. Like, wow, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows what he sees. I could I I could already tell that he was he was being groomed for a coach. And I immediately gravitated towards uh, towards Vanny. You know, we became uh, close friends. We. We, you know, we started talking about curriculums and how the game should be played, how it should be taught. And so we both ended up stopped playing that year. And he's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving back to Arizona. Um, you know, I'm going to be working with a club team over there called Sereno. You know, you, you have any interest to come, uh, to come coach with me? And I said, sure, you know, let's, uh, let's do it. So I, I dropped everything. I stopped playing. We moved to Arizona. We started working with this club, Sereno, uh, and that's also the moment where I kind of vowed that I never really wanted to work uh, in club soccer again, where, you know, the board was parent-driven, and it was very political, and so I kind of saw the nastiness of that side, and, uh, you know, we left Sereno, and, and, and we were able to kind of stumble upon this, this hidden gem in the desert in Casa Grande in the middle of nowhere, and... Uh, and yeah, we, we, we petitioned to us soccer to let, uh, to let us start, you know, this club, uh, you know, we had a good relationship with RSL and, and its ownership and, and the first team coaches, Jason Christ. And we convinced everyone's like, Hey, listen, guys, you, know, you give us this, uh, you give us this Academy, you know, we can pull from Arizona. We have the opportunity to, to have a residency as well and bring kids from, from New Mexico and, and Vegas and, and, and little, little pockets that, that, you know, weren't touched by big markets. 
And it was a process. It took a long time to convince U.S. soccer that we had the player pool, the talent pool to do it. Uh, but finally, we were able to convince everybody. And, uh, and yeah, the, the program, the program really took off. And, you know, that first year, uh, that we were in the academy, you know, we, we got all the way to the third place. You know, we got third place in, in the nation at the U16 level. I uh, was able to get coach of the year. Uh, you know, we played some really good football. Um, and, and it opened the doors for Vanny as well, where he was able to go back to Chivas USA and, and become a first team coach with uh, Robin Fraser at Chivas. Uh, so it really laid the groundwork for, for everything that, uh, you know, that we see in the future now. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've now named a bunch of coaches that you've kind of worked with or been mentored by, whether it be Vanny or Thomas or Bob Bradley. Is there someone who you would consider your biggest coaching mentor? Yeah, uh, you know, Greg, Greg was obviously, you know, probably the biggest one because we worked so closely together to build that program. And then I was able to come back to L.A. and work in the academy and work with the first team reserves uh, on a daily basis. I mean, we're talking about a really, really uh, smart soccer mind. I mean, you see what he's done with Toronto now, even though he's a difficult season. But last year, a really, really smart soccer mind. And I was really able, you know, every day was an education for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that was, that's probably the biggest influence that I've had. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to, to work under, you know, a lot of great coaches as well. You know, when I came back to the galaxy, you know, Bruce, you know, Bruce was here. And, um, so yeah, I've been fortunate in that sense and, um, and, uh, just trying to, <laughs> just trying to learn every day, you know? Yeah. So, so what brought you back to, to start working with the galaxy Academy before going on to galaxy two, what got you back in Los Angeles? So I was able to come back, you know, with Greg to work with Chivas on that project. And, you know, those, those were the times where Chivas was coming to the end of its, end of its reign and, um, you know, really, really nasty in terms of ownership and, 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 uh, just once again, kind of a dark side of, of football. And, you know, I was able to, you know, build some relationships with, uh, with some guys in, in LA and, you know, I didn't want to bounce around anymore. And, you know, luckily I was able to meet um, Pete Vianas and Chris Klein at, at, at the Galaxy, uh, who at the times, you know, were, were the academy directors. They weren't they weren't in the upper management quite yet. And so I uh, was able to make the jump to the Galaxy Academy, you know, started with the four teams, you know, the six teams, made my way up to the eight teams. Um, you know, then was able to do uh, take over as academy director, um, so really, really important for me to kind of start at the bottom and, and, and make my way up and make sure that I understand the ages and, and the, uh, and the, and the way to teach at different ages and, and really, you know, cut my teeth in, in terms of that. And, you know, when I came, became Academy director, it was a whole different ball game in terms of, um, the big picture and, and attracting the right players, finding the right players, getting the right players who can make the jump, uh, to become a professional. So I just felt like all these experiences that I've had, you know, really gave me a, a unique insight into what a pro, uh, what a pro looks like. I guess what's your biggest coaching philosophy, I guess, in terms of what you look for in a player when you're building out the Academy? Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, there's gotta be passion. There's gotta be, you know, they, there has to be a kid who's willing to, to fight every day. Uh, regardless of how talented they are, um, 
you know, they have to be, they have to be coachable. They have to be, you know, kids who, who just, who want it. You know, it's really easy to weed out these guys who uh, might have all the talent in the world, but they just don't have the work ethic and the drive. And those are the kids that aren't going to make it because it is, it is nasty at the top. It is tough at the top. Um, so that grit, that, that, that ability to compete on a daily basis, uh, and, and be a winner, I, I think is huge. Um, you know, obviously, you know, talent, obviously technique, obviously soccer IQ, uh, is the next big, next big thing. Um, you know, in our country, it's a physical league, you know, USL is a physical league, MLS is a physical league. So there are physical attributes that players need to have. Uh, soccer IQ can compensate for a lot of that, but you know, you have to have, you have to be able to compete athletically as well, for sure. Coaching LA Galaxy 2 over the last two seasons, working with Southern California's top young talent, whether it be Alvarez, Zubak, Bradford, Jameson, to name a few, what excites you most every day to, to go to work? Yeah, youth, youth development's my passion. Uh, I love seeing kids succeed. I love seeing kids get better every single day. I love seeing kids make it. I love seeing kids make their debuts uh, and do well. I mean, that's, that for me is, is, is the biggest thing. Um, Galaxy 2 is a, a unique project. Uh, you know, when it first started, uh, maybe five, six years ago, it was a, a, an older, an older base team. You know, over the past few years, it's really starting to get back down to the youth and, and to the academy. And so we're just finishing our second year of this, of this new project where it's very youth driven, academy driven. Uh, Galaxy 2, we consider the top of our pyramid for our, for our academy. Uh, less connected to the first team. Um, big challenges, you know, big challenges. I mean, that's a whole different other podcast of uh, of a second division MLS reserve side uh, head coaching job because it has a lot of challenges where um, you're dealing with the first team coach and what he needs on a daily basis. Uh, you're dealing with players coming up from the academy who aren't signed and competing against signed players at Galaxy 2. Um, you know, there are days where you have six players in training, 12 players in training, and days where you have 25 guys in training. It just all depends on the schedule. Um, it's it, it has its challenges because you're not really working with the team, so it's very individually focused. And then hopefully when it comes to the weekend, you can just kind of piece everything together and, and, and put on a good show. So, uh, it has its challenges. It's been, it's been tough. It's been difficult, you know, but we've been able to, uh, debut a lot of academy kids, uh, in their professional career. We've been able to sign a lot of top young talent. Um, so I'm excited for the future. Uh, I'm excited for what, for what we're doing. And, um, and so, yeah, we'll see what happens. How valuable can professional experience be for these 15, 16-year-old players playing USL, playing against grown men, like you mentioned earlier, versus playing in college? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the daily environment is, is the most important. The integrity of the environment is, is most important. So you can't influx too many kids too early. You know, they have to be, they have to be ready. Uh, they have to understand that. Um, they are competing and playing with players who, you know, are fighting for their lives, you know, paying rent, have families, 
um, you know, when you win, you get, you know, you get bonus money. It's not a, it's not a laughing matter when, when you don't, when, when you don't win. So there's a maturity that, that really goes into, uh, becoming a pro that the earlier that we can teach these guys how to be a pro on the field and off the field, uh, the better chance that we have. Um, we have a unique situation in our club where we actually have a high school for all, for all of our, uh, 15, 17s, and 19s. So they're they're already immersed in a professional environment on a daily basis, and and you can really see that maybe four or five years ago, if you put an academy kid into the second team environment, they were nowhere near being ready. But now we would we wouldn't even hesitate putting a 15, 16 year old into an environment just because they've already been ingrained into what a professional athlete looks like. As someone who runs an academy and but also went to college yourself, what are your thoughts on the role the NCAA plays in the development of U.S. soccer? Yeah, I'm disappointed in the schedule. I'm disappointed in, in the amount of hours that, that college players get to train and, and compete. Uh, I get that they might, you know, get 30 games in, in a three month a three month span. Uh, so from that aspect, you know, that's fine. Uh, but it's the rest of the time that, that concerns me. Um, you know, at least at the USL level, you know, these guys are training 10 and a half months out of the year at, at a high level. You know, they're getting 30, 35 games in, in, in the USL plus, you know, possibly academy matches as well, depending on their age or their, or their schedule. Um, so that, that part, that part disappoints me. You know, I, I think there is a, College soccer plays a huge part in our culture and our history uh, in this country, so I think there's still a place for it. Um, college soccer is going to be for some people. Professional route is going to be for other people. Uh, and until the NCAA is able to kind of switch that schedule and, and maximize the time, um, it's 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 the, in my in my opinion, it's going to be much much more difficult for a four-year player coming out of college to jump into a high-level professional team because they're already 22 or 23 and we're putting guys in at 16, 17, 18, and they're already going to have twice as much experience at the professional level than those guys. So you're always going to want to gravitate towards the younger player, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So considering you played in USL more than 10 years ago and now you coach in the league, what's the biggest changes you've seen both on and off the field in USL? All the clubs are professionally run. Facilities are improving. Standards are, are improving. Uh, USL has done a great job to hold to hold it to a high standard. Um, the coaching uh, is improving. You know, every match that you play against, each team has its unique style, shape, formation, identity. Uh, so you really have to become, uh, especially our team, where we're younger than everybody and we're already at a disadvantage. I mean, we have to be at our best because, uh, you know, we're playing against high-level guys. Um, most of these USL teams now have uh, international, uh, you know, international players, uh, other national teams, albeit not top, you know, international teams but uh you know your south americans your caribbeans all that kind of stuff and it's uh it's a really really unique challenge and um it's a real real um you know hotbed and, and mix of of uh of all different types of styles so i'm really happy with where, with where the league's heading yeah so the same thing could be said you've been kind of around the galaxy since some, the earlier days of the academy how much has coaching development changed and improved since your playing days to where it is now? 
Yeah, you know, I feel like I, mean, I know this is a I know this is a uh, sensitive subject, you know, these days with 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 U.S. soccer and, and and how difficult it is to get into to licenses now, how expensive it is. You know, back when I was doing the licenses, it was you know maybe a thousand dollars. You take a week course and, and you would get your you would get your passing grade. And I felt back then that it was almost too easy and and back then that if you were a pro you were being handed it and you know it's almost you know like giving out candy uh now it's much much more difficult one to get in two the cost three i think the process is better i like that i like the fact that they're uh you know making it longer and uh coaches are having to come visit you you're gonna you have to go visit you know different setups so i think from that aspect you know that's fine um, I've been fortunate enough where, you know, I've had, um, I've been able to take, uh, this French football federation, uh, course, which was run through MLS. Uh, it was a year and a half course for MLS Academy coaches. Uh, it was by far the hardest and most intense, uh, course I've ever had to do. Uh, I was exposed. I was stripped down. Uh, everything I thought I knew uh, was challenged, um, and uh, it was the best thing that I that I ever could go through. But once again, you know, only a small amount of people will you know have access to that course. Um, currently taking the pro license, uh, you know, I think your former guest Ian Russell, uh, we're on that we're on that course together. That's another year long course through the federation, uh, which has exposed me uh, as a young professional coach. Um, so in my opinion, uh, the, the, the licenses are getting much, much better. Do licenses make you a better coach? Of course not. You still have to get into the trenches and, and do the, the dirty work on a daily basis. Uh, but there's always positives to take out of it. I just wish we had more access to, uh, to more coaches in this country. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, is there any uh, coaches you particularly like to watch their style of play, whether it be major league soccer coaches or European coaches? Is there any coach you really like to to watch how they coach? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know the top guys, you know the Peps, the Mourinho's, uh, the Saris, the Klops. You know, those are those are all household names. Uh, it's interesting because I've kind of gravitated towards the guys who are almost like the mid table, uh, bottom table. Uh, type teams, um, the guys who are fighting and scrapping on a daily basis to survive and, and, and stay in their leagues and not get relegated, uh, just because it's it's similar to what I work with on a daily basis. How can I come up with schemes and strategies and game plans to uh, compete against an opponent who we know is better than us, we know is more experienced than us, uh, more mature than us? So uh, those types of coaches kind of fascinate me a little bit. Um, and, uh, because they have to, they don't get to go buy the $50 million player, uh, like Pep does, you know, if, if he has a problem. So, uh, I respect those, I respect those coaches a lot. Awesome. What well, then I guess what, what's one big piece of advice you wish someone had told you when you got into coaching that you would like to give to someone else? Think for yourself, uh, think for yourself. Don't don't be a YouTube guy. Don't be a guy that goes uh, and, and and copies exercises just to do exercises for the sake of it. You know, really, really think about why you're doing something. Really, really think about uh, what you want to get out of it. Uh, expect 
that the players are going to make errors and accept that, but anticipate it. So, okay, I'm going to run this session. This is my focus. This is the level of my players. This is their talent level. These are the mistakes that, that I project they're going to make. Be prepared. So now you know exactly what you're looking for and how you can help uh, that player fix it and, and correct it. Uh, probably the biggest advice that, that I would give. Awesome. And then just a couple more here. What are your personal goals in the game and soccer moving forward? It's a good question. Um, you know, I, I've I've been torn over the past couple of years because, like I said, you know, youth development's my passion. Um, you know, being the uh, being a, an academy director and, and having control uh, over 150 players and, and a staff of 20 guys, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to manage, but it's also you have arguably more influence as an academy director. Than you do as a <clears throat> than you do as a second team coach, uh, where you don't really have a team, and you're only working with maybe 15, 20 guys, you know, uh, a day. So you have more actually more influence as this academy director type. And, um, it's something that that I've that I've been torn back and forth forth with. Saying that, <clears throat> I do want to be a high level coach. Uh, I want to cut my teeth in the USL. I want to. Uh, be a head boss at the second team level. Um, if I decide to go the, 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 the professional coaching route, then I would want to be assistant uh, at an MLS team. I would want to start there for a few years, continue to learn, get used to the league. And then who knows, you know, maybe, maybe get an opportunity down the road to, to be a first team boss one day. Uh, but I want to take my time and I want to make sure that I'm ready. And I want to make sure that I'm in the right, the right setup, the right environment, because, uh, it's a nasty business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess then just to finish up here with one question a little different, um, with it now, I guess, being the Galaxy 2's offseason, I know you have a lot of work to do with the academy, but what's one thing you really like to do in your free time outside of the game of soccer? Yeah, I have two you know, little beautiful children. Uh, my son just turned seven. My daughter just turned five. Uh, so really try to spend as much time uh, with them as possible. Uh, my son's super into soccer, which is great. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Um, enjoy reading. Enjoy traveling. Uh, I need to get fit again, that's for sure. <laughs> but my fitness levels drop a little bit during, during the season. Uh, but I'm a mellow guy. I'm a mellow guy who loves to be around my family and uh, – and, uh, you know, I'll definitely take some time to study. I got to finish up my pro license, uh, this off season and, uh, and wrap it up in December. So I have some presentations and, uh, some stuff that I need to do there, but, uh, and hopefully visit a club. I'm going to try to get to, you know, possibly France and Spain this, this winter and see if I can, uh, just continue to learn and, and expose myself. Well, that sounds great. Uh, well, thanks so much for the time today. I really, really appreciate it and, uh, look forward to following your career path. Tommy, thanks for having me anytime and uh, hope, hope to catch up again soon. That was Mike Bunez, head coach for LA Galaxy 2 in the USL. That's all for this show. And until next time, keep supporting the beautiful game.